Jason is alive. We dug up his body. We've got to do something. He's even more powerful now. You got a description of plates? I got the whole enchilada. It's a 77 orange Camaro license number, Mary William 8510. That's my daughter's car. Uh, how do you want us to proceed? Extreme care, asshole. So, what were you going to be when you grew up? Cavalcade. This is episode 135. This is Friday the 13th. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster, who can hopefully hold on for 10 more minutes, Cullen. Thanks for joining us to talk about uh, the movie with, I want to say, the stupidest cast ever. Oh. Okay, we'll have to talk about that. Uh, since it's Friday the 13th, joining us, as always, from Arrow in the Head, JoeBlow.com, Flicks for fans, it's James Oster. Welcome back. I'm looking today, forward to this one. Today we are here to discuss the 1986 film Jason Lives, directed <laughs> by Tom McLaughlin, starring Tom Matthews, Jennifer Cook, David Kagan, Carrie Noonan, Tom Fridley, Tony Goldwyn, Ron Palillo, and CJ Graham as Jason. Welcome back here for another Friday the 13th. The last time it was something not Godzilla, it was Friday the 13th. So if you're <laughs> new to our show and you're like, what do these guys do? Is this, this, <laughs> is this it? Godzilla and, and Jason movies? Well, oh, that's it. That's all sure. it matters. That's our permanent format for the show. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait to start the, the, the hentai area or yeah, the, the era the, for yep. Godzilla. Yep, we're going to do about eight more Godzilla movies, and we'll go to another Jason movie, and then eight Godzilla movies, Jason. We're going to start over on the Godzilla movies, <sighs> go through Jason. Ooh, I have an idea, guys. Can right. we, if it's, uh, if it's can not we... Jason or Godzilla, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, it, it's not. the show now. It's not, but I, I, I seriously, we could do Impractical Jokers episodes. It'd be so much fun. I'd love it. Uh, no. Right. Anyways, but what I do love is, uh, <laughs> what is going on in Los Angeles Tonight. Tonight. Tonight is amazing. So me and my my pal Jason Coleman flicks for fans because this is airing tonight on Friday the 13th. We have a very, very special. The only one in L.A. We are the 40th anniversary big screen screening of the original, the OG Friday the 13th. It's a double. Okay. See, not only do we have that, it gets better. So Friday night we have Crab Crystal Lake Night. I'm hosting. I'm happy to say 40th anniversary screening of Friday the Thirteenth. Double bill with Sleepaway Camp. Killer Camp vintage trailers, prizes, and makeup effects, and an immersive walkthrough experience with one of the graduates of Tom Savini's school, Brittany Fontaine. It's rad, and I'm telling you, like. Jason was telling me about this. I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be cool. I hope it doesn't look too cheesy. Oh, my God, it's so rad. Our Jason is killer. Oh, my God. I love it. I'm so excited. And then it doesn't end because Saturday night we have Ladies Night. It's hosted by Taylor Ferber because I need a break. And we're doing Friday the 13th with double bill of the amazing movie The Final Girls and Lethal Ladies Vintage Trailers, Dangerous Dames Trivia for Prizes, and the director of the final girls, the writers of the final girls. And let me, and let me, let me go through the names of who we have in attendance of this event. It's, it's so cool. So let me tell you this. Uh, when we posted this, I got a actually email from the very, the very, uh, the very gentle gentlemanly and the very amazing Todd Strauss Schulson, the director of the final girls. And he said, I want to come. So we, he's coming. We have him. We have the writers. We have Joshua Miller, who you may remember from the Near Dark, the little boy in Near Dark. He wrote this movie. He's going to be there. M.A. Fort, Fortin's going to be there. And I believe 
We have one more name. I believe uh, if I can read without glasses um, and I don't have my glasses on, Tori Thompson will be there as well. So this is like it's and they wanted to be there, dudes. They were like they wanted to be in attendance. So we have we're going to have a Q&A with them. Cool prizes. And I will say we have something really, really, really special really 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 special a uh, few video surprises you know maybe thomas middleditch maybe uh mm. maybe sean s cunningham so uh yeah it's it's rad guys it's it's really gonna be cool and i'm i'm really i mean you guys you guys, you guys know how much i love these movies and and to be able to celebrate it like this and to, to celebrate it with fans that are as into Friday the 13th as I am, I am, I am beyond stoked. An amazing event. I wish you guys could be there. I really do. Can you just come up for the weekend? Yeah, I'm sure Aaron Neuer's going to have fun there, right? Because he's going, oh, right? Oh, is yeah. he, oh, he better. He better go. I'll be pissed <laughs> if he doesn't. But uh, yeah, it's honestly, it's going to be one of those experiences that we, we it's weird that we de- are, we're definitely getting a lot of, a lot more press, I think, than we've gotten for some of the ones we've done. I, I just, I think, A, we're the only uh, screening of Friday the 13th on the big screen in LA at this, uh, at least this Friday the 13th. And it, I don't know, man, it's just real special. I'm really, really, uh, really beyond excited. So please come, please come. All right, you if heard you're it in Saturday night, yeah. and if you feel bad for Jimmy, go Friday. So yeah, there you exactly. Go. <laughs> uh, you also have, oh, yeah, no, it's 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 going to be amazing. I, I wasn't saying anything important, so never. Oh, mind. Okay, <laughs> uh, and you have an, you have another project you'd like to talk about before yeah, we get real, into this. Real quickly, uh, so I have a new series that's called Sound Scary. It's my, with my my partner Ryan uh, Coltrera. He's my. Uh, He's my horror movie fan buddy, and we have a series on the streaming channel Vidispace, which is run by Nick Groff and Elizabeth Saint. And it's a, basically a talk show where we bring on guests who are in the film industry or, or somehow in the industry, uh, whether they're filmmakers, whether they, we have a comedian, we have Patrick Lussier, we have some really amazing guests who come in and talk a little bit about their career, but a lot about sound. A lot about the music behind horror, and a lot of and and some really interesting stories. And they also sometimes tell a ghost story of their own. And the cool thing is, like uh, we, I'm really proud of the show. We've we've aired two episodes. Our next one is really cool. It's going to be in a. It's not this week, but it's the following week. It's comedian Ronnie Pascal, who you can follow on Twitter, and he's incredibly funny, incredible, one of the most charming guys. And we shot the interview at the Mystic Museum in um, Burbank, where after the interview, like literally the our cameraman left, so it was just me and Ronnie just doing an Instagram live, uh, the, a lantern started shaking out of nowhere. It, and lit- people saw this happen. It was just like, ding, 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 ding. And we're like, okay, this place is legitimately spooky, legitimately haunted. So we had a we might, who knows what's going to happen when we uh, air that one? Maybe we'll, a ghost will appear or something. It'll be cool. I'm so excited. Excellent. That's it. So yeah, and it, those will be available at some point on Amazon Prime. So we are waiting for that. Once that's available, I'll let you guys know. Excellent. You know what else is excellent? The movie we're going to talk about today. Oh, hell yeah. Jay- Jason Lives, Friday the 13th Part 6, the sixth installment of the Friday the 13th saga, <laughs> which... Funny enough, the, this movie came about, uh, you know, they're going to make one after five, but they kind of, uh, this is an instance of them getting the gist that people did not like five. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. went into this project cleaning slate. They're like, we need to kind of start fresh, make people forget about five. They're pissed about, we, whatever you can do, bring Jason back. You know, we have a new Tommy Jarvis in this movie played by Tom Matthews, but... Woo! The actor who played him, I already forgot the the name of the guy, in five, the previous one was signed on for two films, him and Pam, and he turned it down. He was going to move a different way, and because he turned it down, they no longer had to keep Pam, who they felt was associated with that actor, so she got let go out of her contract, and then... Reggie the Reckless, who in this opening scene that becomes Tom Matthews and Horshack, he was supposed to be the Horshack person and was going to be killed at the beginning, but things oh. had to change because of him, the actor who played Tommy, backing out. New faces, new new things behind the camera. They got Tom McLaughlin, who 
what was the movie called? Into the Dark or, or something like that he had directed that caught their eye. But he had a he impressed them because he had a real affection for the horror movies and classical monster things. And he, you know, they wanted someone who gave a shit, who wasn't one of these guys they kept calling up to just, you know, plug in. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. The last time they just hired a director and this time they wanted they wanted to get the audience back and give uh-huh. them something quality. And I, w- I will say with McLaughlin, this, I might, you know, four is always my favorite. This might be the best, like, production, best directed movie of all the Friday the 13th. Of I think all it's of them. fair to say, mm-hmm. actually. I really do. Really do. I mean, given the, the money they're given, the, the look of it, the, the handling of the actors, the, just the, the care all around the project, this movie just from the beginning and throughout just looks like it gives a shit yeah like, compared to the others like in some of the others there are sometimes you're kind of lost like wait who's where and who's doing what but like the, with this one the entire time you're watching the movie you know what everyone's doing the entire time oh it's he did very one dark well-paced. night one dark night and that Meg, was the film the that was the film. movie oh yes. i love that movie that was the movie they got him in the office to interview uh with it yeah. but Man, he like he is a monster kid, and he—you can tell—he sees. I'm Jason. sure he was a good kid. Come on, don't call right. him a monster. Well, that's a, you know you grew up watching the classic <laughs> monster. Oh, kids. oh, that's what you mean. That's I'm what they call sorry. the monster kids of that oh, era. You'll hear a lot. I of thought he just drank a lot of energy. Yeah, drinks. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> so, but he sees Jason as an equal to Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein's monster, and like a lot of like, and not lesser like a lot of other directors and stuff would have at the time because these were seen as, you know, cheapies and these hor- like knockoff crappy little slasher movies. So he treats them with like a gothic romance and epic touches. And he actually went, he was like, what can we do? What can you do new with Friday the 13th? So he had them marathon him all five movies before he went to write this script. And he said he wrote it in like a cemetery for inspiration oh, a lot of the time. And... <laughs> Cause he liked to go to weird places to see what comes in his mind. And I mean, this guy did his homework. He didn't just go, uh, you know, he wrote, he got to write and direct, which is kind of rare here in the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. movies, but mm-hmm. helps this movie. He just, you know, he has an idea. He takes, he gives Jason this like legendary, like the opening sequence, you know, uh, oh, so good. The, the, the storm, the cemetery, the lightning rod. Cause he wanted to bring him back like Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. And it's just immediately just lets you know every angle of this movie that it's going to be action. It's going to be gross. It's going to be scary. It's going to be kind of funny. Punching Horshack through the heart, you know, through <laughs> the chest with his heart. And it was actually beating, uh, but they cut, they cut the frames because the MPA, you know, uh, has to have their yeah. say in it. Uh, and it was funny. Horshack isn't the only, like, welcome back Cotter touch to this movie. The guy who played Court in this movie, John Travolta's nephew. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, like, John Travolta <laughs> had to, like, stop by this movie at some point, right? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was upset a lot. He hung out. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if he just, you know, just completely avoided uh, Ron Palillo TV's Horshack the entire <laughs> time? I don't know. What are you talking about? Get out of my face. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that Horshack shows up in this movie. Like I remember as yes. a kid when I first, I was like, kind of looks familiar. Like who the hell? Like he's so familiar, and I just come like, you just wouldn't think that Horshack would be in a fight, but here he is. Well, it's not even that. Like when I watched the movie, I had never seen an episode of Welcome Back, Cotter, and I believe I still have not seen it. But like, I just like, just, yeah. But just look at the guy. Like, like, but this guy doesn't. This guy seems out of place. Why is this guy that is, I don't know, 15 years older hanging out with Tommy Jarvis? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were, they're buddies, man. Age ain't nothing but a number. Now stop well, with that. Okay, well, like, Kelly. Come but but did they, did they like meet like at like uh, the, the asylum or like what, what is their relationship and how is this guy like, yes, I've got your back all the way, Tommy. Let's go to that cemetery. The yeah, whole time we- he, the whole time he's like, this is crazy. Like, well, then why are you in the car? What Was he a sponsor, maybe? Like, were they... Well, were, he's or a did bad they... sponsor. <laughs> you got your I coin, mean... Tommy. Now let's go get him. <laughs> oh, you haven't uh-huh. murdered an 8-1 in 
obviously, Ten years. this Tommy Jarvis, the thing is, it's so ambiguous, the start of this movie of where they're coming from, that it could have picked up from five. It could have mm-hmm. been a different yeah. start for the guy from four. And that's fine. It's probably like, you know what? You can fan fiction your your connections if you want, but this movie's off and running. Horshack's yeah, weird, but he's gone quick enough. The only thing the only thing that makes him weirder is us deciding to think about it more than we're supposed to. Yeah. Oh, it's, so. just, it's just so weird that he's there and like in all of like the stuff that I've ever like read or or have seen about this movie, no one ever talks about Horshack being in this movie. What the fuck? Oh, he was, I, I do. Well, here's I, here's here's he a, here's, was on TV yeah. for God's sakes. Why here's, do people not mention it more? Here's what it comes down to. A lot of times, in when these things come up, you're like, "Hey, you can get Joe Schmuck here, or you can get Ron Palillo for a day, and he'll do it, and he'll do it cheap." And you're like, "Well, people know who that is, and it'd be kind of funny to see Horshack get killed, and that's how he gets in the movie, a wrecking <laughs> thing." And he, at this point in his career, what's Ron Palillo doing? <laughs> he w- he wasn't making his guest appearances on Ellen yet, so yeah. So I mean that's that's typically what it'll come down to. If I mean if there's no direct answers in your research, that's probably why. Because you know what? That'd be funny. Let's kill Horshack. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's well, not like people hadn't seen Welcome, Welcome Back, Hotter. Probably would have gotten the, the role. But uh, yeah, they now I've got that stupid song in my head. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks yeah. a lot. Now I can't think of that goddamn song. Jesus yeah. Christ! So, Blame so we got, on the Horshack. Yeah, we got we got a lot of people. Last time we are no two two times ago when we did five, Cullen introduced him as nobody's favorite Tommy. Now we got probably a lot of people's favorite Tommy. Tommy Tom, rules. Tom Matthews. Yeah. Oh, man. Tom. Oh. I'm I'm sweating just saying his name. Oh, Tom <laughs> Matthews. He cut I that mean... rat. He cut that rat tail from Return of the Living Dead, and man, it did him wonders. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he is just he, dreamy. He knows just. how to wear a lined denim jacket. Yes, he oh. does. <laughs> Ooh. So I'll take a moment just to <laughs> think about Tom Matthews and how just amazing he is. Can we just do that? Just take a moment. Can everyone listening just take a moment? Think, wow, Tom Matthews. Wow. See, all I can think about is his I, voice. I said moment. I said moment. Take he it. had a moment. <laughs> and it's, that moment's over. Megan, uh, moment's over, Megan, head. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's like how he talks. Because he has such a distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. Anytime I hear him talk, I just think, you mean they lied? That's yeah. all I ever he think struggles when I hear with him intensity. Talk. He struggles with intensity. He's good with, like, the calm stuff. But when he's gonna yell! No, he is the Steve McQueen of horror B actors. <laughs> is what he is. You know what? That's you can't what argue that. The no, way you, you can't. Just yeah. Put this to this to this. <laughs> Fair enough, under your you, stipulations. You just can't. He, he's a god. Uh, horror B movie actors within the confines of a slasher that is a Friday the 13th <laughs> sequel. Steve McQueen. Well, Steve McQueen, yes. absolutely. He's he is yes. We'll we'll that's we'll go into that. Well, and the movie it? treats yeah. him like uh, as like a Van Helsing uh, yeah. type guy or a, a Doctor Loomis ish of the you know nobody believes him but he knows all the not he has all the knowledge. They even have a funny little scene I noticed this time where he picks up like the books from the library that maybe he stole. I guess. Yeah, that's what yeah, I wanted. Like. It was the middle of the night when he went in to get the books. There's no way it was open. He got three, like oh. the right three. And then he like tosses one. Like he reached his hand in. He's like, I got three books. And he runs out and it's like Vogue magazine, uh, <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Trader, and the Occult. Oh, got it. Good. Uh, yeah. Please read that book. And and thank goodness that Forrest Green had an occult section at their local library. Right. So all libraries do in horror movies. They have the gigantic occult sections. <laughs> Just for I that really one wish... guy come to town that has a suspicion. <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing. Though, now I'm wondering. I, I actually think libraries do have an occult section. If I, because I, I think I've been to libraries. You know, I think I went to a library once, 
And uh, I, I believe they had an occult section. I believe they did because that's a that's kind of the crap I like. In the eighties, of course, there was shit like that. Yeah, mean. oh, for sure, because satanic panic, yo. Yeah. Um, which you know, it's funny. In another way, Tommy Jarvis has also become the new my, crazy Ralph. He's my hero. Don't. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's become come full circle. This could be like an origin story of Crazy Ralph. Oh my God! That's I told everyone they wouldn't believe me, and people kept dying. I'm you know, very handsome. <laughs> and then I got myself You're on the bottle. Doomed. You're all doomed. I can't do the voice. So, do someone do the voice. You're all doomed. You're all doomed. It's good. No, I can do his voice. I can do his voice. Do no, do 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 Tom doing. You're all doomed. There, that's what that's what it is. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I needed to hear. Come on, Megan. <laughs> you can't say oh. Megan. It's all Megan. 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 He does Love have a him. sense of urgency about him, oh, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And he's just awesome. Oh, I, that's yeah. all I'm saying. He's just he, awesome. Just awesome. He's an action man, which we got a lot of Tommy here. You, you know who also is a like a lead character in this movie? And I think for the first time in any of these, Jason. Yeah. So there's a there's a wild like I've seen a lot of complaints that are wildly misconstrued here that a lot of these scenes feel like people just randomly showing up to be killed. But I think that's mostly false, honestly, there, because those aren't those people's scenes. They're Jasons, and I found him. He's treated, you know, he's treated like a lead in this film. And what we're seeing is his journey back home to Crystal Lake, and it's no different than the Frankenstein's monster roaming the countryside in Bride of Frankenstein when he meets the blind man, stuff like that. Except Jason hacks mm. people to death, but that's what he's showing us here is from the graveyard to Crystal Lake because we really don't see him at the lake until at night when he gets to the camp, and all yeah. this is his trek back. From however far that fucking cemetery is, it's honestly I've noticed it more this time. I was like, you know what? This is. It seems like just oh, people show up and die. But I'm like, he's showing his trek back home and treating Jason as if he's, you know, a part of this film because they're not hiding what he looks like. You see him without the mask to start the film, so that's no longer a, a concern of like, oh, when are they gonna pull the mask off? There's what he looks like. Mask is going on. We're getting to business. <laughs> And yeah, there's his hack and slashes is his own journey and McLaughlin has the respect and it still keeps Jason menacing and, and, and scary. And yeah. I think that Terminator had come out before this movie and they kind of give him that sort of uh, Terminator type motion with him with kills. But I, I think it, it works wonderfully because you have the right director knowing how to handle this. Well, and you know, one thing you mentioned, you know, there's, yeah, there a lot of people show up, but you know what was interesting about this movie? A lot of the actors that show up to get killed are like funny actors. They're, yeah. They were TV actors, mm-hmm. or they were comedic actors, and I, I don't know. It's like weird when I re- I remember first thing, I'm like, I know that that, that gets hilarious. It's funny. I I kind of dug that. I, well, I, McLaughlin you know? has a com- comedic background. He was into yeah. mime, mime mm-hmm. stuff and things like that. And a lot of people are from oh, those Jesus, days, he was like into yeah. mimes. Yeah, yeah. There are there are definitely people in this movie that were in several failed pilots in the eighties. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely. The, the army group that he that he attacks. Those are all people from his pantomime group from that he had before he yeah. got it. Directing. Um, there are other people like okay, so the couple drinking champagne and uh when the the groundskeeper gets killed, that scene was added after the film screened for the studio. They wanted mm-hmm. more kills. So that scene was added. Because the groundskeeper right. was supposed to survive the film. This might be the most kills outside of all the people that Jason accidentally murders and Jason X on the space station when right. they just ram uh. through it. Yeah, I, I I think this one actually works well with like obviously there's some unfortunate MPAA cuts, but this one mm-hmm. still manages to look good and still have some gruesome kills despite being cut up. But yeah, yeah. you you can tell like where the like it wasn't like they hacked it up; it was just like they cut it right before it got grisly, mm-hmm. and like it's it's noticeable, but it's not. To the point where, like, ah, that ruined the movie. It, it's just like, huh? 
I think maybe I just noticed it because, you know, I've seen it so many times and I'm aware of what the MPAA does. Mm-hmm. But I bet like a lot of people watching this for the first time just didn't. Right, yeah. No, all. And there's still a shitload of blood in it. Yeah, and, and I love the cleverness of a lot of it, too. Like I mentioned the couple uh, having the champagne when they're on the, the bike and he stabs through both of them. The blood comes out of the girl's mouth that's on the back of the bike. That I, I think that's a clever. The guy goes, oh, and she the blood comes out of her mouth because she's behind him just to show that, hey, it went through. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. The humor is really legitimately funny. And that's like, what, when, here's when the thing. There, humor, there are people it's that funny. Get, they get pissed at this movie because it has humor. I'm like, come on. That that adds a level of enjoyment. Like, if there's a Friday the 13th movie to recommend to a non-Friday the 13th or non-slasher movie fan, it would be this one for me. Because it's just, it's got it all. Like, it's got everything. And it's got an open, like, hey, we know these movies can be silly too type, type thing. That a, a newcomer would be like, oh, wow, these movies all like this? Are they, do they all? And it's like, no. But... No. This yeah, one yeah, yeah. is very, very welcoming, not in a for beginners way, but in a for fans, for newbies, for, you know, and I, I don't think that's a problem. And I think it makes a lot no. more of the, the characters enjoyable. They, I mean, there's there's just all different kinds of just well-placed humor. It's not like it's lollygagging around just having a ball. It's just hits it in the right spots. The actors hit their marks with it. And I think one of the things that helps is I feel I like the, the dialogue. By the way, that made me really happy. Like, the uh, <laughs> the dialogue in this movie feels like an '80s action movie of sorts, with the you know the one-liners and one-upping and always saying something kind of yeah. witty to to add to like um, Megan. She's the the sheriff's daughter, and she's oh, yeah, she's a she whippersnapper is. with her stuff. But you can also see like this is this guy's daughter because of the way he talks, because he's got that hard ass, you know, mm-hmm. like talking thing and then you hear her and you're like oh that's definitely his daughter because she knows how to talk yeah. shit too in a different way that she's learned to improve it from her father but he's got he's a uh, yeah he's got his his little action things well, Tommy he's, he's such a dick to everyone she's like the only one that can get away with talking back to him and that mm-hmm. really it's good how great it helps is her he in this lot. movie though by the way how I, I really the sheriff? enjoyed David Tagan in this movie yeah <laughs> well, I it's funny him. like he's a total dick but then you feel awful when he dies yeah it's so crazy you're like because you know he loves his daughter you know he's like uh, you know he's a dick but you're kind of like I, I like the relationship between yeah. him and her I mean there there's some decent acting in this movie let's oh, yeah. be real there's some no they decent, went back really and got real actors acting. they had yes. good actors in four and then they had then they just went for whoever showed up for five and then Six, they, they went back and got TV, TV actors and stuff. Yeah, so it, there's legit oh. talent behind here. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't feel bad for him when he died at all. I was, uh, really? I couldn't wait. Dare you. <laughs> yes. How, oh man. How dare you? How, you're so mean. I love the guy's performance, and I think in the, in the end, I'm like, okay, he was. <laughs> did I I'm not that. saying, I'm not saying that he wasn't a good actor. There's no one saying that. He was just, he was the true villain. Of this movie, this movie, it has all these, you know, these gothic themes and all that. But also, like, watching this movie is like, is this movie saying like the man sucks? I mean, we all know the man sucks. Yeah, but it's 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 really like maybe more than in any other Friday the Thirteenth movie where someone's like, hey, look, this is going on, and the police are like, oh, whatever. Like, even when he's presented with evidence that Tommy didn't do these murders, he's like, ah, throw him in jail. What are you yeah. talking about, asshole? Like, he is kind of the, uh, the mayor. He is a little bit the mayor from Jaws in this. He is. Bit. He is. <laughs> Except he's keeping the he's keeping the town open because he wants to. Fuck him! What a dickhead! Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do like people that getting. Uh, they do send the cops to the camp when Jason attacks, and then they show yeah. that Jason can take them down with ease. Speaking of the camp, uh, the counselors we get. Counselors, and for the first time ever, we get kids at the camp. So we get this movie. Yeah. We, we get a movie that, for the first time since two, and we are on part six, mind you, we have the Camp Crystal Lake back, and we have kids at it for the first mm-hmm. time ever. And yeah. that adds a whole other layer of, oh, my gosh, is Jason going to kill kids? Or they say, like, and it, mm-hmm. you don't really know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that uh, part where he gets right up in that little girl's face when she's laying in bed, like, oh, is this going to be it? And then, you know, thankfully the, the police show up, and so he can call them instead of the little girl. So. Right. And, and how, I love that. And how great are the kids, by the way? Oh, they're, like, they're great. Yeah. Really. You got, like, got comedic the... timing. 
It's crazy. The girl's hilarious. Those two kids wait. So if you were going to grow up, what what were you going to be when you grow up? Yeah, that's it. I mean, seriously, funny. Yeah, and the one girl, what's the little girl reading in bed? Like, uh, uh, I can't remember. She's got a, like a, great, a really yeah. a super adult philosophical book, which she's <laughs> something <laughs> like it. It's not Times End. It's something like that, though. I cannot remember. I, I, so I, even, I even saw that and I felt like, oh, well, they'll remember what it was. So I didn't write it down. Yeah, it, I, it, I was going to I was going to write it down, too. I just watched it. and I'm not, like now I'm totally. I think it was a Land's End catalog. I think that's what she was holding. Go. There you go. Could but uh, the count the counselors are all pretty fun for the most part. Though I liked the that it was all like girls, and there's like one dude because all the the dude the other dude counselor he got killed it was Tony Goldwyn, he got killed on yeah. his way there. The other guy's Court, who is just like I love Court. If you want a stereotypical '80s guy, well. There you well, go. You want to st- you, no, you what you want is a stereotypical '80s teenager that's in a movie. Right. Yeah, that's what go. that guy is like. Like you look at him, like there's no, there's no actual then, teenagers that's, that's like that. Like every teenager is trying to be that, but he's the only one that's actually doing it, and he's yeah. in a movie. Yes. And and I love dude the scene where he is stacking the rocks about the Native American, just hilarious to be like. So like they go. <laughs> <laughs> Even right, if this so, guy was telling the truth, I'd be like, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. So, so he was teaching the kids, like, all right, so the dad leaves because he's tired of his mom. And then he leaves these rocks to, to let his son know <laughs> that, like, I'm all right. Is that what it was? Something like that. And, the, you know, the kids are just, like, not buying his bullshit. But yeah, and then he has the he has the scene with what's her name, who is finally in a movie after she was in the workout video for the fourth one, auditioned for the fifth one, and now is here for a, a sex scene where she doesn't take her top off, which she had gone for booby rolls in the previous two. And uh, and then she has the song that's like ten minute, uh, like more than ten minutes long. Oh, oh yeah, man. that was a uh, hot hit back in the day, man. Uh, and then, oh, yeah. And Court gets a knife in the head. Yes, he and, does. and a crash. Yeah, right. Like that. Both their deaths. Super grisly. Her face is jammed through the yeah. side of the Winnebago so hard that it changes the outer shape of the vehicle. Right. It threw a mirror too, because they show her going into yes. a mirror, and then yes. like, you're getting cut up. And yeah, like vicious. It. She has a strong are... face, by the way. That's pretty Get tough. Right, face. that her bone didn't instantly <laughs> crumble. <laughs> she is twenty uh, percent adamantium, oh. mostly in her yes. skull. So that's how she. She, she was actually a Terminator, and they did it. She was one of the earlier models that didn't work so well. That's what Jason know? was sent back to destroy. <laughs> oh my God, that's what the whole movie's about. It's right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Uh, the, we have the RV flips over and crashes, and then we get these shots. Of Jason standing atop the burning RV, and I'm telling you, I don't know if anyone else can, but McLaughlin can make Jason standing on a white trash SUV look iconic and amazing. But here we are. Well, it's also yeah. like, a, it's, like a small ring of fire around in the night, well. and there's a four, and it just looks great. Yeah, <laughs> like, that wow. was such a rad shot, man. I mean, that, that and that was a. I think I, I believe that was the biggest seen like in in any friday the 13th up until then right like that yeah, was one of the biggest yeah. set pieces yeah for sure <laughs> will you take it easy it's hard enough to read this thing well who told me to take this cow path wait a minute you admit the sign did say camp forest green with an arrow pointing this way i admit nothing without talking to my lawyer I told you we should have left a trail of breadcrumbs don't start <laughs> Ugh, so much for the head counselors ever getting back to the camp on their own I say we stop the car, get out, and start screaming for help. I was just kidding, Elizabeth. Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. Could you imagine your? There's a you know part in this movie like where the where the counselors drive up to Jason. He's just standing in the road, and that's intimidating. Could you imagine driving up to Winnebago on its side? 
on fire with the guy staining <laughs> the knife. And a hot him is like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die and he's going to kill me. Speed up, speed up. Oh my gosh. Go, 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 go. Like the car would just probably instantly die out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> the car's like, nope. This is, this is the natural progression of life. You're done. And so you, am I. You're done or you bang. <laughs> yeah, right. Like deputy. Okay, listen. Deputy Rick Cologne. What? That's the guy with the what? laser. Laser. The guy with the laser. Wait, you're right. His name is Deputy Rick Cologne. Are you serious? It's yeah. That, that sounds yes. like. You it know, is. In, you know, like in TV shows when like the dad or some doof decides, oh, I'm going to write a, uh, a mystery book or an action movie or something. I'm going to write my own James Bond. Right. His name, Rick Cologne. That's what he, Isn't that sound exactly <laughs> like that? Yep. No, it'd be like a Michael Scott character. Oh, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. He's a he's a tool and a half. Oh and how my big god. is that? How big is that laser sight? Was that the first laser invented? Is that why it was yeah, so the big? first laser on film uh, <laughs> with a gun? Like that that would weigh you down. I mean, you might aim better, I guess, if you're hold, or holding steady because you're battling against that. Jeez. <laughs> Clearly, that guy had some issues with you know. His own size, and so had to carry around. He survives this film, doesn't he? Because he gets locked up. Uh, yeah, actually, you're right. He should have been in a sequel. Yeah, he should have come back. <laughs> well, they—I mean, he's still working, so he'd maybe have fit with the cast and crew out. of the next. He'd fit with the crew of the next film. Tell you that. Uh, yeah, he would have. Speaking of the stuff with the Phantom and stuff like that, there are Easter eggs all over this movie that McLaughlin's left, like just references mm -hmm. of like. Uh, naming people like Carpenter, there, uh, Sheriff Garris, after Mick yeah. Garris, and uh, there's signs on buildings that are names of name drops and refs to other horror movies. And Karloff's. Karloff's, like yeah. Market, something, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty smart. He, like, he's having a blast. Like, Tom McLaughlin wants to make a Friday the 13th movie. I don't know that we've had, we've had someone like Joseph Zito who's like, all right, well, I'm going to make a damn good movie you know, it's probably not his dream thing, but McLaughlin took this as, oh, I can't wait to make this. And it shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's, like, mm -hmm. just better, like, big shots in this movie. And, like, the, the overhead ones. There's an abundance of overhead shots that I I, I've know, I don't remember a lot of crane things, going, uh, crane shots going on in the movie. But, you mm -hmm. know, he knows how to do it. And even just Jason wandering into the, the camp is just, oh, it's creepy. So mm. good, so good. Well, yeah, like I don't think like in like the other movies, like he would just like show up. This we actually see him travel. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, like like he's yeah. still like it's that, that whole way, and like we've never seen him like approach the. I don't think we've no, seen him approach we've never the camp just before. Caught up with Jason. It's so yeah, yeah. We have we have just scenes of him wandering. Well, and it's also like it's really scary that <clears throat> like he walks into the camp and it's just full of children. They have no idea. <laughs> This monster has just arrived. Yeah, it's crazy. This one's self-aware of Jason too. There's like a self. There's like a. They talk about him. They play that Jason game mm. the counselors do, and they they've and it's like so people know of Jason, but then they also might not know that Forest Green used to be Crystal Lake. That's a, the, the name change. Some yeah. people, I would think the teens would. It couldn't have been changed that long ago, but like they kept yeah, it right. Secret. They kept it really secret. Relaunch our town. Yeah. Give it a does new, that, new paint job. Does that happen? Do towns get renamed? Like the only time I've ever heard of that happening is this movie and uh, Arrow. It's the only time I've ever heard of <laughs> towns being renamed. Uh, uh, I think uh, I think yeah, towns well, have okay. swallowed up yeah, other towns so. before. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. I mean, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, can, I can see that, but the, just a straight up rename of the town, period, is what I'm talking about. Like, everyone, just fuck your mail, fuck it. We're starting over. Everyone, everybody. Really? Yeah, I, I, I think, yes. I, you know what? Actually, when I was a kid, I lived in an area and I believe they actually changed a section of that area to be named something else. I could be wrong. But I'm 99% sure that they changed the area that we lived into something, another town. They added, like, a town or something like that. Was it murder-related? 
No, I, I well, it was when I lived in Springfield, and uh, huh. we all used to have these really creepy dreams about a guy in a, mm-hmm. a dirty red and green sweater. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, that was a movie. No, but uh, no, in real life, they did. I believe they changed the name of our town, or they added a section. They changed a portion of that town and changed it to something else. So yes, it does happen. I think I do like the the end of the movie. How what they do with Jason? They don't like. Mm-hmm crazily kill him but they return him to the lake in a yep. way with chaining him and uh, then the motorboat hits his neck or whatever breaks whatever but I, I do like that kind of monster thing where that that's got to put him to rest where he was laid to rest mm-hmm. before i don't know that's a cool, pretty neat thing it's awesome for a movie and then i was i always thought like so what what happens now does no one just go into the lake and check this <laughs> out does how do you that's it all seemed... good. What do what do Megan and Tommy tell the next batch of cops that come up? And do they go in the lake and look at Jason? Like what? Do we just well, hush quiet about this? Like and and plus where uh, Jason was? They he, he, leave him there. They Jason, leave him there for the second one. Yeah, Jason was in, Jason was in reaching distance of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like he wasn't that deep. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's not well, that deep. It's just like, what do we just all agree just to ignore him? Just not go out uh, in that lake? But seriously, the handling of Jason in this town is dog shit. They have him in a grave, a marked grave. Why would they do that? <laughs> well, some people want to up flowers. Well, there was, well, there was <laughs> McLaughlin's original ending to this that the studio wouldn't let him film. Uh, was where the after the the movie ended uh, came up on daytime at the cemetery and the groundskeeper was there doing stuff to Jason's grave and a man dressed in dark clothing and stuff came up and handed him money and it was supposed to be that this guy was Elias Voorhees Jason's father and he was paying to keep that grave kept there and maintained he's supposed to look like some sort of occultist guy or whatever and he discovers that the body's not there or something like that and that was supposed to be a cliffhanger but they said mm. no I'm glad they didn't do that because it would have right. sounded way too much like another man in black and a, but uh, this would have happened be- this would have happened before that too so That's I guess true. that was the hot yeah. thing going around town you get a yeah you're right that so... would have been before wow and they're both number six yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So that that was that was a thing. That that that's something kind of left over from that idea, but I guess people were just scared of others uh that are dressed like the shadow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the shadow's pretty scary. And then uh this movie also uh one more thing notable, uh Alice Cooper did three songs for this including He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask, given Given Jason his first like real soundtrack push because you know freddy was having it so mm-hmm. jason's got to have it too so at the time dawkin was doing dream warriors allison cooper was doing he's back the man behind the mask when i was watching the movie i did think that it did have that uh nightmare on elm street vibe like music wise like all those movies tend to be like like super you know pretty heavy metal but like this I think this might be the only one where they really even do that at all, right? Yeah, well, I mean, this one was kind of an answer to Freddy. I mean, if you notice, he can't talk, but Jason makes jokes with some of his kills in this. Like when he slams a guy's head into the tree and there's a smiley face, that's Jason's Mm -hmm. way of telling a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. So (laughs) that smiley face wasn't there before he smashed uh, the guy's face into the tree, right? No, I always thought it was, I figured it was there and he just smashed blood. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it's there. I think it just happened. He, okay, okay. Just, yeah, good time. Good. He, Jason's thinking, man. He he, I was, he wants to make a, he wants to make a statement. I was never entirely sure of that because you don't, I don't remember seeing that face on the tree before that guy had his face smashed into No, it, when he so. throws him in, it looks like he's going to hit like a broken off limb is what it looks like he's going to hit. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Like, have it go through his face. Yeah, I don't think hits. it shows the tree like where he hits before. Okay. No, it doesn't show it till his head falls off of it, and to, then you see the smiley. To me, it was like that was always like one of those things. Like I don't know if I like that. Like all right, the rest of the movie, it's fine. But it was just like for that moment, like did Jason make that or 
what? what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> like, he, like, he, like, he carved the, the, into the tree. Like, Jason's like, I got a great idea. I'm going <laughs> to smash someone's face right here into this tree right here. I think it's amazing. I think that's amazing. Well, he is driven. I look for that all the time. I, I try to find trees with smiley faces covered yeah. in them, and I just throw people at them. Uh, no, on the, the Alice Cooper, he's back behind the man behind the mask. They recorded it twice for it, and they weren't. Had one was like super straight up heavy metal. One was like classic rock sounding, and it wasn't kind of vibing with mm-hmm. the movie and stuff. And then they brought in a guy, the guy who help write material girl and that's where it got its bounce from and he added they sort of a more pop sound to it so mm-hmm. thank him for he's back the man behind the mask pretty good pretty damn, damn good right. do, 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 do. he added that beat to it that wasn't there prior but yeah pretty good pretty good alice and then he has the music video where at the end Jason pulls the mask off and it's Alice Cooper because of course yes. that's how you make an '80s soundtrack music. Video. Oh, that <laughs> yeah, that video was rocking, man. That was that was almost Dream Warriors docking good. Oh yeah, it doesn't but quite hit know, there, but it, it does. It right. man, it it makes a good you challenge. What it doesn't hit as good as much. Ooh, baby, ooh, Nothing baby. hits as good as that. I mean, yeah, we that that I is mean, amazing. Should have been on the Billboard charts. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah it, Jimmy. Jimmy tried to tell me before the show. He was like, "Man, Tom, Tom Matthews and Jennifer Cook might be the hottest Friday the Thirteenth couple." I'm like, "Are you yeah. dissing the enchilada duet from Five? Because <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's much hotter than that." No, you really can't. I mean, it's enchilada hot. So like, <laughs> but to be fair, hello? Yeah, that and uh, between that and. Um, Larry Zerner and his bag of tricks in three. That might be oh. another hot couple. Well, it certainly oh, wow, is the yeah. saddest couple. <laughs> Can't this tub go any faster? You got it. You just keep your eye out for roadblocks. Okay, there's one. As we normally do with these, so we have our superlatives for the Friday the 13th movie. We'll go start off with our, what is your favorite kill? Uh, you know, I, I, I love seeing that Sheriff bent in half because I just hate him so much. But uh, my favorite kill, I, I got to say, is, uh, what I can't remember what her name is right now, but the, the, the Winnebago kill where yeah. the, uh, the face gets like jammed through the mirror and the side of the Winnebago. I think that's just the most badass kill in the whole I, movie. I have the exact same thoughts, so that's mine too. Like I was it was but I was like, man, that sheriff kills great, but that Winnebago cuz it's mainly because the sheriff one's effective, but man, the push that when the face comes through that that's awesome. Yes, and like the sound of the, the sound metal of it, crinkling yeah. and like the sh- the um like the, the shadows too, like on the side of the van. It's all, it's the all good. The sound design on this thing is on point too. Like, I mean, there are some good gunshots. The kill, the slicing, like everything's terrific here. Jimmy, what's your favorite kill? I would have to say, I'm thinking the Winnebago is amazing, and that would have to be my favorite kill. Uh, like you guys said, because it's a. It, first of all, it's a twofer. You know, he's got mm-hmm. the girl and the guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I it's, it's really a badass scene. Because it, yeah. it was like nothing we'd ever seen in a Friday the 13th film. Right. Ever. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. And the, the music's pounding. The it's got, it's got literally everything. It's got sex, drugs, well, maybe no drugs, probably alcohol, and just some badass kills. And I, I also want to point out that we, we didn't really talk about it much, but Nancy McLaughlin, the director's wife, her, when she gets killed, she's with Tony Goldwyn. And when she's in the puddle and he's spears her head and you see the <laughs> bubbles coming up mm-hmm. that's great and it's got the american express card so someone yes. in the theater so someone jackass in the theater and go don't leave home without it which was the, the intention yeah. of the film that is exactly i probably said that like a few times when yeah. i saw the movie yeah that yeah. that whole kill is like interesting because he is jason's coming after her and she's in the puddle and it's like oh i'm scared here's money and then he's just gone and she's like what 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 what's happening and you know jason does have a way of just materializing but he seems to fall from a tree or something 
and jump back right around her head. Like, that took so much effort to freak her out. Like, she was, like, terrified, and then she has a moment of, like, what, huh? And then it makes it even worse that she jumps right on top of her. Like, like what a dick. Like, I know you're a murderer, but, like, why do you... Were you oh, bored? He, he, Did you have to put more like, flair into it? He gets so fucking creative in this movie. I, 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 you know what? I want to give a shout out to the, the, the three people that get their head chopped off all in one. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I uh, love this movie so I wanna, much. I want to move on to Weakest Kill. My thing was, is there one? Because um, every kill, I thought maybe the head crush... Of the one guy, because it's I just like, guess. Eh. I watched the but uncut version of that kill. kill, and it was like, their brains pop out in the uncut version, but... but uh, doesn't the wiener guy with the glasses, he, he dies off screen, right? His arm gets ripped off. All right. That's true, yeah. He rips, he rips the guy's arm off. Oh, you know what, probably the weakest kill, well, it, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, in any other movie it would be fine. Um, I, maybe when the guy gets the uh, whatever he gets in the head, the, the cop, and he oh, that just looks boat. really cool. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, a weak kill, but cool. when he throws it kill. and he flips in the back of the boat, yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, or he yeah. A so throwing it's... knife or something on his yeah. belt. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, it's a yeah, like you said, it's a weak kill, but the way that it's executed is execute. Get it? Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Well, I love the... that scene. The one counselor, we we don't see her get killed. Well, we see her like pop, crash out a window, and he pulls her back. But we see the aftermath of that blood splattered room, which is just awesome. Oh yeah. So I'm oh, like, yeah. that was mainly off screen, but man, the aftermath was, just made me go, holy shit. Well, it was scary because you just see like that slash of blood, like oh that's it. But no, she gets thrown through the window and then dragged back in. Yeah. Holy crap, that's scary. Yeah, and the one gets her head twisted around and her head popped off. Like, oh my god. Yeah, that was going to be like my favorite kill for a while, but just you know, this thing about the others because that is just such a good kill. Biggest douchebag. I have well, Deputy Rick Cologne. Yeah, I mean there is. He's a major because Court's kind of a douchebag, but he's an awesome douchebag. I like Court uh -huh. in this. I would go with yeah, Deputy Deputy Cologne. Well, I I mean. How how are we describe douchebag here? Because I was gonna say the sheriff, but I can see like when you say douchebag for the deputy, because he, he he's the peon sidekick that just he has to see all the poor choices that's that are happening around him, and yet he still decides to go with it. So you know what? You're right. I will say he is the worst. You you guys are right. I'm yes. with you. All right. Uh, <laughs> next, the friend zone. Who you want to be pals with? Court, I guess. Like, uh, like I don't like have anything against the people in this movie, but I was just watching. It's like I don't really want to hang out with any of these people. Like, but Court oh, seems like totally, he'd be all right. I would totally hang with Megan. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! I would hang with Megan. I would do. I would hang with Tommy and Megan. Frankly, they're the fun couple. I want to hang with them. I don't know. Tommy sounds like the easy, like, oh, yeah, I'd hang with Tommy, but, man, he's not right in the head, dude. I know, but that's, <laughs> like, yeah, right? be, that's why they're, they're the fun couple. Come on. Like, I mean, Horshack, Horshack hung out with Tommy. Look what happened. <laughs> yeah, that is a good uh, point. That is, I still, I, yeah, that, that's a good point. Well, he, he, I th here's the thing about our picks. Uh, they both fuck. We know this is to be true. We've seen, <laughs> yeah. court, we, we've seen court do it. And as far as Megan, she is driving so uh tommy's face can slam between her legs so yes. we know she fucks oh Look gosh at her yeah. car she's like yeah she's got a fuck mobile like come on yeah she's oh yeah sheriff's daughter of course she's gonna do that of course yeah. all right <laughs> your crush for the movie can i just say tommy and megan oh my god i love this couple <laughs> oh my god i love them. jimmy jimmy is shipping tommy uh, apparently yeah i'm i'm like I, 34 that, years later, he's shipping Tommy and Megan. Hoppy, yeah, Tommy and Megan, man. I know, I know Colin likes a sheriff. <laughs> no. He, he went, who wants to go for a mustache ride? <laughs> I guess, I guess, Megan, I don't know. Like, I wasn't I not. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I guess. That's okay. Uh, I, I guess you can say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> like, this is, I think the, 
I don't want to say the only movie, only Friday the 13th without nudity, but it's the only one I can yep, think no of. Boobs. Yeah, there's none. Yeah. It's so, so weird. That, that, that's definitely part of it where it's like... I don't know that, what you that, look like with your clothes off, so I can't make this decision. <laughs> I can't judge... I can't grade you as a human being if I don't see you naked. <laughs> because I'm a monster, like Jason. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess... I'm Megan, I guess. I don't know. Sure. So, I mean... Tommy looks like an easy choice, right? Like, because you'd be like, oh, you want to go all the way? Uh, <laughs> Megan. But you're telling me none of you guys want to take the 10-minute challenge? Oh. <laughs> With uh, what's her name? Uh, Nikki? Nikki, Nikki, that's right. Nikki. Yeah. Man, I get... Well... I, I think I'm a, since you no, guys no, you know the what? other answers, I'll go with the 10-minute challenge. No, no, no. no. I, res I rescind my my uh, my comment. She, You, you can tell uh, she crazy, which means she knows what she's doing. So, yes, her. I pick Nikki. That's my <laughs> All right. Biggest disappointment if someone didn't get killed good enough or someone didn't get killed. And uh, congratulations, Mr. Cologne. You've made yes. my list twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy that would have been nice to see get a very fun, cool group. Like, oh. have him, like, pulled through the freaking prison bars and, like, have it, like pieces of his body fall off and i don't know well no the the laser sight gets shoved in his mouth oh, like gosh, it goes through yeah. his skull that's what you do oh, that's how you make a movie well then yeah. can we drag him through the bars if there's time okay fair enough all right and the funniest lines or moments in the film oh my god that take all there's day. so many uh, but yeah. we haven't talked about the funny stuff they do with the caretaker when he's like do you think I'm a fart head? And it cuts to the kids at camp going, yeah. <laughs> that, that that guy is great. so freaking hilarious. That the the, the that guy, the gravedigger dude, is yeah. I want to hang with him. That's the guy I want to hang with. There are not enough movies with the word fart head in it. Not at yes. all. Why not have we all. abandoned this as an insult? It's a good insult, man. Butthead, it's all right. Farthead, so much better. You were just born a farthead. I do like when the, the kids show kids show up, and the bus Meyer's like, "Here they are. They're all yours." And the one counselor's like, "I think I'd rather deal with Jason." Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm gonna say for me, it's, it's an easy pick, but I think it's an obvious pick that. Uh, when the caretaker like looks into the camera after he's covering up Jason and says, some people get a strange idea of entertainment. I uh, love it. I uh, love yeah. the hell out. Really it is great. Good. That was, Oh, you know what? I was going to pick that one, but I think I'll, so just to add a little di diversity here, I'm going to add the whole, uh, if you, I can't, I don't think I remembered exactly. If you, if you see someone wearing a mask hanging in the middle of the road, you know, it's a bad idea or whatever that line is. That yep. is hilarious. That, oh, yeah. And she, her delivery of it is literally perfect. Any closing thoughts on this one? This is a movie that I think if you've never watched a Friday the 13th film, and obviously there are people out there that haven't, I think this is a, a really good one to watch. I think it's a movie mm -hmm. that it kind of gets the whole gist and vibe of this series, with, well, without the nudity. But the gore is fun. But that could help they, somebody too. Somebody who doesn't want or gets yeah, turned off. Absolutely. And they, you know, I also like I kind of appreciated that the camp counselors weren't as cliched and stereotypical. I mean, they weren't like, you know, you usually have the one the jock dude, the, the jokester. Dude, the, the jokester. Yeah. The stoner. No, it's yeah. they're all just normal, like I hate that word normal, but they're just regular folk who just, you know, attract. They're all there's, cute. There's more care you know? given to their dialogue and actions mm -hmm. than before, yes. even though it's not, even though they don't do much, it feels like a human doing them. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, we, even when Megan's doing her line, you know, when you have the, the, of course, you have to tell the story about Jason. This is one of the best ways when Megan starts going, Oh, Jay. It's so campy and fun. And it, it mm -hmm. I, this movie's great. Yeah. This is, this is one of my, movie. this is like, uh, you know, 
uh, this and four are like my absolute. No denying that they're my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movies mm-hmm. of all time. I and thought I could, Jason I could... Takes Manhattan was. Ah, that's a, that's, that's a, the most watched. That's, that's a, different than favorite. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I could, I could honestly watch it again when we get done recording. Like I like it that much. Like it, it moves so fast. Yes. I, also, it's it's only like it's a lean. I think eighty six minutes or something yeah. like that. It it yeah. it's so lean. Filled with action, and I agree. The Tom Atkins-sized movie, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then there's Tom Matthews. Come yeah. on, I mean, dreamy. I mean, it's it's a highly <laughs> quotable. Like we were just talking about, it's a highly quotable movie. The deaths mm-hmm. are good. The story's good. You get everything you want from a Friday the Thirteenth, except boobs. But you get a James Bond thing going on. I mean, oh, that's yeah, the opening. That's yes. the James Bond opening, which is Talk brilliant. about that. It's brilliant. I love that. Oh, gosh. God, I want to watch this movie again now. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, that is, uh, there are two things that excite me the most when these uh, Friday 13th movies start. There's, you know, the, the James Bond opening where he slashes and the blood comes out. And in. And Tom uh, Matthews? No, no, in, in part four, where it says the final chapter, and then the, the screen just explodes. <laughs> I love the ass off of that. I, 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 Me too. I always put my arms in the air like, yes, this is going to fucking rule. Me Every too. time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie is absolutely great. Uh, if you're going to see one Friday the 13th, make it this one, I would say, easily. Even though four is my favorite, I would recommend this to a newbie over that one. Uh, you're gonna you get production values you get care you get something a bit more easily accessible to a newcomer while still being a hardcore friday the 13th film like Mm -hmm. it's it's everything and i I still think it's the best made one of them all it stands on its own in a way because you know Mm -hmm. with with part four you're kind of dealing with the past three episodes or three three films and this one is like uh I know it feels like its own movie. It just feels. It like- could, and this it could. The whole series could end with this one, and it'd be fine because you still have ooh the man out in the lake. It's still creepy. Like Jason's not dead, but he still looms and exists. And campfire tales could be told, or you could make mm-hmm. up other stories. And he's back at the natural in an odd way back at square one, where it's not like you know overdone, taking it back to the beginning. And it just feels like it would be a satisfying ending if that was the ending to Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I agree. Rather than demons and you know forsaken legacies and di- magic daggers and shit like that, right? Which yes, next time guys, we're going to be talking to Jason Goes to Hell, the Final Friday. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! We've been slumming it in these Paramount movies long enough, right? <laughs> right. Which uh, th- that Friday the Thirteenth will be November Thirteenth. 2020 mark I, your calendars oh my gosh we're so excited mm-hmm. and and I, I i actually really love that movie too so i know i'm i'm i i i that's one of those movies that i i didn't like when i first saw it and it really grew on me jimmy will eat the heart for jason I will goes do to it. hell i will fucking eat that heart man now that's what's known in the books is screwing the pooch iron this punk no way you gotta listen to me jason's coming here he's after me I'm trying to destroy him, but I fucked up. You got that right, punk. You listen to me. I'm sorry about what happened to you and your folks years ago, but no one in Forest Green wants to be reminded of what that maniac did here. That's why we changed the name. People want to forget this was Crystal Lake, and they don't need some kid stirring up Jason shit again. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we're getting back to Godzilla with 1974's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. And joining us for conversation was our old pal from the Bob and Tom show, Jessica Alsman, and she'll be here to talk about her new podcast, Dockhead. So looking really forward to that and getting on with Godzilla. And uh, we'd like to thank you all and hope you have a wonderful Friday the 13th. Watch a Friday the 13th movie. Watch the one we just talked about. Uh, and then come back and listen to our episode again. Go to Jimmy's thing tonight. If you live in Los Angeles, you have no excuse. Go Saturday, too, because mm-hmm. things come back around. You'll notice new things the next time on the big screen with Friday the 13th. And congrats on pulling off that event to you and Jason Coleman. Uh, Thank awesome. you, man. I'm really proud of it. It's going to be great. And we're proud of you. So, uh, Jimmy, where can we find your latest or people listening for the first time don't know how to find you? Where can they find you? Well, I'm, of course, at joeblow.com, arrowinthehead.com. Yeah, I'm there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on 
TikTok. I'm on Cameo, by the way, guys. So if you want to rent me to leave you a message, how much do you cost on Cameo? How much do you cost? I believe I have. I'm at fifteen to twenty dollars. I don't charge that much. I'm easy. So there you go. Yeah, I'm on all that shit, man. I'm on all the social media. It's embarrassing. We look forward to next time, but first stay tuned to the, for the trailer to Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. The trailer that actually trails. A bionic monster, a menacing giant, an awesome machine unleashed with a deadly task. Godzilla, the only hope for Earth's survival. Godzilla versus the bionic monster. Godzilla strives to win supremacy in a fight to the end. Will Godzilla triumph? Will Earth survive? Godzilla versus the bionic monster, an earth-shaking movie. Rated G. Ten second extraction. The bionic monster now unleashed with a deadly task. Never before have Godzilla's mighty powers been so challenged. Godzilla versus the bionic monster. Rated G. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Can I tell you something really creepy right now? Okay. So I'm sitting doing this with you guys, talking about Friday the 13th in my car, and the light outside me, you know, the little uh, the street light, is flashing in a weird way. I don't know why it's doing this. It's very creepy. It went out, and now it's just kind of flashing on me. I feel like Jason is going to come out any second. Well, oh he, yeah! If he does Definitely. get him on the get him on your phone, we'll talk to okay. him. Well, he doesn't talk though. I mean, I guess he could. Mm, I, I, oh, well, it's just a party place. Yeah, I guess so. It is a party place. Oh well. I mean, he was on Arsenio Hall, so he's not. You know, he will uh, do interviews. Best Arsenio Hall episode ever, by the way. And it wasn't it for was it for this movie? Or was it for? No, no it was Kane Hodder yeah, played him. Yeah, it was, it was for eight. part eight. Yeah, it was part. Oh, it was part eight. Oh shoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool.